from the nchc.tv studios behind the mask hockey shops present college hockey west live behind the masks college hockey west live is brought to you by jesse ray's barbecue at 308 north boulder highway in henderson stop in for lunch cater your next event or just buy a couple of bottles of our award-winning sauces the nchc and nchc.tv subscribe to nchc.tv to watch the best in college hockey since 2013 the tag creative group search t-g-r-a-n-r-u-d at redbubble.com and let us create a unique design for you or your business behind the mask hockey shops visit any of our three valley locations or go to behindthemask.com whether you're on ice or in line caesar's entertainment resorts and casinos where an iconic vacation awaits you at any of our destinations around the world the spaghetti shack classic italian comfort food quickly with locations in tempe and pine top order online at the spaghetti shack.com liberty university play for something more faith education and hockey at liberty.edu college hockey inc your ncaa hockey resource jets pizza sign up for our crunch club at jetspeats.com and have special deals delivered straight to your inbox and by the caesar sportsbook app proud partner of the nhl college hockey west live from the nchc.tv studios presented by behind the mask as a part of the icetimehockeywest.com network here are your hosts scott strandy and paul hornstein all right welcome in hockey fans anywhere that you may be joining us tonight on this sunday night the third complete week of the ncaa hockey season Scott Strandy with you tonight in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. My co-host is always joining me from that big, beautiful palatial estate out on Long Island, New York. Paul, how are things on the island today? And was it as beautiful as it was in North Dakota? Uh, no. Um, and where is this palatial estate? I'd like to visit it. I don't know. I guess, uh, I guess the guys from Georgia were looking for it, too, and they haven't been able to find it. Well, like I said, if they find it, hopefully they'll let me know because I've never seen it. So, uh, I absolutely love it. Um, so. so anyway, um, another exciting week of uh, of college hockey is in the books. I saw the preview of your, uh, <laughs> shall we say, Super Sixteen, uh, and when I saw it, I was uh, I was going like, oh, okay. That's pretty impressive. I don't know how you were able to do that, considering what was happening. Uh, well, you know, you throw a whole bunch of names in a hat and you pull them out. Okay. And that's how you do it. I don't know. Too early. What? Now, have you seen the uh, the latest Paralyzed, my friend? Yeah, it's not good. Um. Yeah. The uh, the updated pairwise is in, yes. and um, Providence and Western Michigan have overtaken the Arizona State Sun Devils. Yeah, I don't know how that happened. How'd that happen? I I, I'm I'm not the math wizard. I I know you're in love with the computer, so I'll let you figure that out. Um, <laughs> how how did they not play any games today, and yet they ended up dropping three spots in the pairwise? Well, the weird part is Merrimack beat St. Lawrence today, and ASU beat Merrimack twice. So you would think, again, this is what happens when you don't have enough information, to be honest, um, that, you know, they wouldn't drop. But, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> Go figure out this computer system. I don't care if it's the third week or the 30th week. Like I told you earlier today, it's ridiculous. Uh, they've got Providence 4-1-0, well, number one. Ridiculous. This they've got Western Michigan. At the right. three zero and one, right. at number two, they've right. got Arizona State at four zero and zero at number right. three. Right. They have Miami, Miami of Ohio, three one and zero at number four. That's good. That uh, maybe that helps ASU next week uh, when they play them. If you know, re regardless of what happens, and then they got UMass. Got them ranked so high. They got UMass four one zero. They've got North Dakota at six at three one zero. Who I right. just saw this weekend, by the way, and we've got some sound from that. Um, Colorado College pulls in at number seven and a very unhappy uh, Chris Mayotte. Oh. 
I, I don't want to be uh, on that uh, ice surface this week. So I'm glad I'm not going to get there until I see them Saturday because well, uh, I don't think it's going to be a fun week. No, I, well, I told you as I was watching the games against Long Island that you know, the coach was not going to be happy. It, it, it's, it's Obviously, it's better to not be happy and win. But, um, wow, I just, you know, just knew he was, and he basically said after the game on Saturday night that it's the worst week of practice we had had since I've been here. Yeah, he, uh, he, he didn't hold back any punches, by the way. No, no. Um, <laughs> uh, and he's expecting a lot more, which I think is pretty cool because, uh, in his well, third want, year, right? now his expectations are much, much higher than they were the first couple of years. And, uh, this, this wasn't satisfactory. No, I, so I anyway, just... so Colorado College in at seven, right. Minnesota in at eight, Quinnipiac at nine, and Boston College at ten. Um, let's just play this silly little game of the tournament we're going to start today. Uh, Holy Cross at eleven, right. Michigan at twelve, right. Merrimack at thirteen, right. Michigan State at fourteen, right. UMass Lowell at fifteen, right. Wisconsin at sixteen, right. Paul, I don't see my Denver Pioneers anywhere. Uh no, they're all the way down at twenty one. You know they they're clearly not any good. Uh, and, and how about Minnesota State? They're down at twenty eight. Augustana though is ahead of them at twenty seven. Well, that's good. <laughs> Air Force nice. hanging in there at thirty two. Uh, uh Saint Thomas at thirty five. <laughs> yeah, you what? I mean, listen, obviously this is way, 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 way too early. But uh, you got to pile up the wins now. Right. If you're ASU, if you're um, if you're um, Fairbanks, if you're you know um, basically anybody that's dependent on on other you know on on teams not getting in, like if you're Holy Cross, you started off the season four zero and one, um, and we spoke about them last week and how that's basically been their best start in. Uh, in, in forever, if not forever, um, you know they went they 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 went to Robert Morris this weekend. They got a split, s- sort of losing a, a shootout. I don't know how that works. And I guess uh, depending on the, since it was a conference game, I guess they get an extra point or something. Um, I, I think it's ridiculous. Ban the shootout. Play an extra two minutes of three on three, and if it doesn't go at that point, it's a tie, and just get it over with. Don't forget the the screwy extra point nonsense. Shootouts are a waste of time. Um, the fans want to see a winner, Paul. Uh, the fans want to no, see a winner. Whatever. Give the fans what it. they want. Get over it. I watched that tonight. <laughs> that was tennis, but um. um you know, Holy Cross has gotten off to a really, really good start um, with wins over LIU and two over Connecticut um, and three out of four points against Robert Morris on the road to open up the season. Um, they have a bunch of non-conference games left. They have four. They have a home-and-home home with, with Lowell and then at Quinnipiac, and hosting Merrimack. So, did you get a check yeah. from Holy Cross, or what's the deal here? Why, why are we hyping well, it's Holy a, it's Cross? A good story. Okay. <laughs> Here's a story that's not so good. Okay. If you're the Omaha Mavericks, well, I'm going to see uh, on Tuesday. Uh, it's two games into the season. Uh, Omaha starts off two and zero, right? And they're forty fourth in the pairwise. Meanwhile, nothing. Meanwhile, Northeastern starts two zero and zero. And they're 18th. Are you going to tell me, are you going to sit here and tell me that oh, Northeastern is way finish. bigger, way better than Omaha? We're, we're going to, I don't buy it. Ar- we're not going to argue here about the computer three weeks into the season, are we? Then why are they putting them out? If it doesn't matter, why do they I, put them out? It's probably just an automatic program. It just does it. Okay. I still don't get it. Well, you're not supposed to. <laughs> yeah, well, here's the problem I have it with it. Mean At the end of the year, the top 16 on this little computer program are going right. to get into the tournament, and the rest but, aren't. 
Right. But by the time it gets to that point, there's much, much, much more data making it much more accurate. Okay. I'm only upset because, you know, just for, you know, what's in giggles, you know, if, if ASU was still in that one spot going into tonight's show, I would have just been throwing it up there all night long. Well, I'm still going to throw it up there because Arizona State and Colorado College are the only two teams in the country with four 0-0 marks. The only two in the country. Yeah, but... And and go figure figure this one out for me, Paul. Western is 3-0-1. I mean, Holy Cross... No, no, I said 4-0-0. I know. It's still not a loss. There's still no losses. It's 4-0-0. There's no ties either with these two. Your and here's the other thing. How let me let me ask you this. How come Arizona State is 4-0-0 and their winning percentage, their PW win percentage is 0.9167, but Colorado College is 4-0-0 and their PW whatever that means, winning percentage is 1000. Well, is it, is, again, I don't know what the heck it means. I'm a little bit of a geek, but I'm not this much of one. I'll tell you I'll tell you what it is. It's a joke. It's a joke. Wait, but it's a joke. Don't even look nobody. at it. Don't even well, look at it. I understand that. And the only reason I was going to bring it up was if ASU was still one, <laughs> and I was going to use it for for comic material, <laughs> knowing that it doesn't matter. Exactly. Exactly. Oh my goodness. Um, and and this is again. This is why uh, we have problems growing the game of college hockey, both in the ACA and the NCAA. This is part of it. Fans don't understand it. They look at, at scoreboards. They look at standings. They look at head-to-head competition wins and losses. And that's how they come up with it. They don't, they don't put an, uh, a computer program together and say, okay, here it is. Yeah, we, how do we do it? We have no idea. We have no idea. We just put numbers in and it spits it out. Okay. This is, a, this is an agreed-upon formula. It's just too early because there's not enough data. But they have to have the page set up on the websites so that they don't have to do it later. It just keeps track. That's all. Uh, I I get it. I get it. But how does it change when nobody played? It doesn't change. No, somebody did play today. What didn't affect Providence, Western Michigan, Arizona State? Remember, Remember, it's your opponents and your opponents' opponents. So yeah, if you cross reference the schedules, you can whatever. I, I wanna I wanna see old time hockey where they play the games and the winners are the winners and the losers are the losers. And by the way, I saw two great uh, series. The you know I saw one first game of the series and one second game of the series when I traveled to uh, St. Thomas and saw Linden would come back from <laughs> unbelievable uh, deficits. Uh, outshot so badly on. Uh, Friday night, and in the first period anyway, and come back three times to uh, get a 4-4 tie at St. Thomas. So uh, kudos to uh, Rick Zombo and the guys. And then I go up to Grand Forks, and I see game two of the series between Minnesota and North Dakota, a 2-1 North Dakota victory, by the way. Completely different North Dakota team on, uh, on Saturday night than there was Friday night. And to a man, and you'll hear it here in just a little bit, I hope, they're going to tell you that it was a 60-minute performance. How many times have you heard that? But this was actually a 60-minute performance on Saturday night, not a 40-minute like they said they played on Friday night. Well, here's the deal, right? I mean, I do you want me? is this where I throw you under the bus? Or... Go ahead. Throw me. Well, let's just say you and I had vastly different viewpoints about Saturday night. Okay. Is that fair? Yeah. What were they? (laughs) Well, you basically said that one team had no shot, that they were going to get their doors blown off. No, no, no. Yes, you get did. it right. Get it right. I said if they play the way they did Friday night, no, they are going did. to get their oh, doors geez. blown off. Oh my God! Yeah. No, you didn't. Yeah, say I that. said if they play the way they played Friday night, because they were outplayed badly on Friday night, Whatever. and and they'll tell you every every man in that locker room will tell you they were outplayed badly. 
I got to start recording our conversation. You do, you do, because that do. that would that would make total sense if they played the same way they played Friday. They were going to get their doors blown off, and uh, they that Minnesota team is pretty doggone good, but they battled with them point to point. And uh, Coach Barry said after the game, he said, "You know what we did was we made sure that uh, that we took care of business, so to speak, and we didn't take our foot off the gas." Well, uh, listen. Um, the 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 fact of the matter is, um, as I watched the game or some of the game, I didn't obviously get to see as much of the game on Friday because I was at uh, the Northwell Health Center uh, having a nice conversation with the Georgia coaches. Yeah, and you got there plenty early too. I was, I understand. Uh, yeah, you might say that. <laughs> just to be prepared? <laughs> yeah, it was just to be prepared. Um, um, but, um, you know, they did not play well, obviously, on a Friday night. Um, you know, 12 shots on goal in the second and third period combined. A team with that kind of skill against a team... <sighs> And I know people are going to cry that I've got my agenda. But, you know, that other Maroon and Gold team is not exactly uh, the New Jersey Devils of the late 90s and early 2000s. Whatever do you mean? You know, where they were, were defense first, defense second. And, you know, we have Martin Brodeur and and I don't know, whatever Niedermeyer and Scott Stevens, and they're going to shut you down. Uh, that other Maroon goal team is not exactly uh, playing that style. They're much more uh, 80s wide open. Although, I don't know, which is a weird thing to say, but if you watch it, it is a game, weird thing to say, by the way. Because if you watch a game, from the seventies and eighties, when I you, you you look at that game now and you're like, how did anybody score? I mean, how did anybody? I mean, because they basically was wrestling matches. Holy smokes! But that's another story. Um, so and and you know the the green and white team came back the the next night and played a much better game. Um. You know, it's it's crazy, and I, you know, we said this on Tuesday night. Um, the crazy part is, and this is not any sort of insult to person, but he's a really good goalie, but he's only the, the third best goalie at, at best in this league. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to argue with you. Um, I've seen some really good goaltending already. I've seen five of our ten teams in the coverage area in person so far, and um, there are some great, great goaltenders. So that that's no doubt, no doubt about it. But before we get into this North Dakota series, because we hyped that up a lot right. last week with the rivalry with Minnesota, kind of revisited. Right. Um, let's let's go back and listen to Mitch Allard, um, the junior forward from. Um, from Lindenwood about their performance against uh, against uh, the boys from St. Thomas in Mendota Heights, Minnesota. Here you go. Here's Mitch. Give me one second here. Let me get it back to uh, where we need to go here. All right. Welcome back in, college hockey fans. It's another weekend. It's a Friday night. The Lindenwood Lions uh, travel to St. Thomas. Come away with a 4-4 tie. I got Mitch Allard with me. Um, Mitch, describe this game if you can. You know, I mean, in the beginning of the game, we struggled a little bit. I think we came back in the locker room, regrouped a little bit, talked to the guys, and we came out and we finished in with the tie. Um, you know, it's not what we wanted, but, you know, I'm happy to tie the game. Talk about this team and the resiliency you guys have because you're never out no matter what it is. Get an outshot badly after that first period, but... Never say die Lions, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we have a lot of passion on our team, and we just came back. We know how to fight back, and you never let up and never count us out for sure. 
What's going through your head on the tying goal? You're coming behind the net, you get a chance to throw it out front, and the next thing you know, it's behind him. Yeah, I was just going around, wheeling around, and I saw one of my guys, Adam Conquest, in front of the net, and I threw it at him, and then it ended up hitting one of their defensive skates, and it was in the back of the net for a tie game. So, what's pretty your, exciting. What's your thoughts about playing here at St. Thomas? It's uh, a small venue, but uh, the fans were right on top of you, and you guys uh, seemed to handle it pretty well. Yeah, you know, you just kind of caught got to cancel out the noise and just play your own game. Everybody has their own game, and I think we stuck to ours, and we ended up coming out with a tie. Last weekend, you come back from Ohio State with a tie. First time you get a point against a Big Ten team. You just keep building on this, so what do you do tomorrow night to uh, to improve on this 4-4 tie? You know, I think uh, we got to put a full 60 minutes together, and then I think we'll end up coming out with a win for sure. Other, St. Thomas is a good team, but, you know, we're, I think we're, we, can, we have the ability to be a lot better and come out with a full 16 minutes. You've been in this So there you go. You've had a chance to see the guys come in and out. Is it different this year than it was last year? Yeah, I know. You know, we have a lot of new freshmen and new faces. Uh, you know, every year is a new year, but, you know, we have a lot of great freshmen coming in, and we have some... We're getting older and stuff, so we have a lot of juniors and seniors that can lead the way and kind of pull a lot of ropes, and then our freshman follower is always solid. Talk about the confidence that's being instilled in this roster, because it seems like every game you get a little bit more confident in your abilities and what you can So there you go. I Sorry, I jumped in on Mitch a little early there because he brought that right. theme up again. Full 60 minutes. That was the theme of the weekend, Paul. Well, listen. You know, depending on who you play, you can get away with with it. Um, if the talent level is that much different, you can get away with it sometimes. You're not often going to get away with it. Um, and, you know, regardless of the level, whether you're talking Lindenwood and St. Thomas or uh, North Dakota and that other maroon and gold team, um, you got to play. You got to play every shift. You got to play uh, every moment, and you got to leave it on the line. And you know, it gets to sound cliche-ish, but the talent is just too good. the the The, the talent is too close. You know, there's um, there's not the separation of teams like there used to be at least not according to what everybody says i mean i've only obviously uh, focused on the last six or seven years but you know there used to be a half dozen teams and everybody else and through the various circumstances and time that's just not the case anymore yeah, so anyway, uh, Lindenwood gets a tie on Friday night. They lose on Saturday night and um, still looking for a second win. They got that first one, as you know, uh, at Air Force. But this team, again, building, building, building. But now, Paul, now guess where they're off to? Um, I think they're playing Michigan next weekend, right? Yeah, they're going to Yost. <laughs> they're going to Yost this weekend. Um, they're they're. Time. Their schedule is front-loaded. Front uh, it's very heavy in the first half of the year, including uh, mid-November where they'll get their first back-to-back -back home games in program history. So yeah. uh, watch out for the Lions. Uh, listen, you know, um, you know, it, it's, you know, you got to just take it shift by shift. Uh, oh, cliche, sure cliche, cliche. I know, I know. And, you know, I know we've talked about it, not necessarily on the podcast itself, but Lindenwood needs home games. And I don't know why they're having the, such a hard time getting them. Well, because, well, we know why, because these contracts and, and series are done two and three years in advance. Again, if, if come next year, they're, they're playing uh, entire months on the road again. Then that's a problem, but uh, I, I'm pretty sure that Coach Zamo has said to us that it's 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 definitely going to be a little bit more balanced than 
Yeah, totally agree with you. So anyway, that was the first uh, game that I saw. I had planned on being in Grand Forks for both games, right. but uh, some car issues <laughs> left me uh, left me in St. Paul and uh, uh, had to go see that one. So luckily there was something to see. I was kicking myself, as I told you, that I probably should have stayed there and driven up to St. Cloud and seen that Fairbanks St. Cloud State game on Saturday night. But how do you turn away? North Dakota, Minnesota, especially after the way we hyped it up. You can't. I mean, it, it just it, it wouldn't make any sense. You know, I get the car issue thing, and it kind of made you – it kind of forced your hand there. That By the way, that work. poor car has gone 14,349 miles since uh, I left Temecula on July 30th. <laughs> Those are hockey miles, my friend. Yeah, hockey miles. Travel hockey. I get it. I totally get it. Okay, so anyway, you had, you had to you had you had to go, and 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 be at least at one of those games in in, in Grand Forks because it wouldn't have made sense to do anything else. Um, and, yeah, you know, it's hard because I really wanted to see Fairbanks too, but right. I mean, you can't be everywhere, right? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, unless you know how to clone. No, no, I don't know that. No, you know how to do that, no. but. Um, <laughs> You know, as I, as as we always tell people, you know, you got to watch out for this Fairbanks team. They're not they they don't go away. Nope, they can get beat on Friday night, and they can yeah. come right back and beat you Saturday uh, night, or vice versa, or they can beat you both nights. You know, the, you know, obviously beating Den, you know, playing Denver to open the season was a tall task. We know that, um, but then they rebounded with with a win and a tie at Michigan Tech and got a split this weekend at St. Cloud. And, you know. Both maybe, on the road, by the way. Both on the road. Uh, maybe there's two independent teams in the tournament. Ooh, 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 ooh. That would make nice. me crazy. Oh, that would drive people nuts. Yeah, that would you drive know people that nuts. As well as I do. That would make people nuts. Okay, so anyway, I missed the Friday night game in right. Grand Forks. I did see bits and pieces of it. Let's hear from Reese Gaber after Friday night because I think this will set us up for Saturday night. Here's Reese. Yeah, not what we wanted. Um, you know, I thought uh, I thought we didn't play a full sixty. Um, you know, I think we stopped skating at times, especially in the second period. And um, you know, you can't take a night or a period off. Um, you know, in college hockey, and um, I think that definitely hurt us tonight. What did you think happened in the second where things weren't coming? I thought we just got spread out. We weren't quick to pucks. Um, we weren't quick to support each other. Um, but we stopped skating. We weren't as hungry as, as we were. And, um, you know, I, I think it just comes down at the end of the day how bad you want it. And, um, you know, I don't question any guy's um, care level in the room. I know, um, you know, we all take such pride in playing. And um, I know we want it so bad. But, um, you know, I think tonight, uh, obviously, we just didn't put together a full 60. No, their goalie just has, has two shutouts in a row now. How do you get uh, get some by them tomorrow? What what things do you want to see to, to get going? Yeah, I think we need more traffic at the net for sure. Um, you know, just keep putting shots on. Pucks are eventually going to go in. Um, so, you know, I mean, just getting traffic to the net, getting more pucks in the net and creating commotion and, um, and havoc in front. And, um, you know, eventually they'll fall in. Uh, the power play last year, you guys were clicking early in the season this year what do you guys need to do to get back to where you were last year yeah i think just getting set up um you know getting into our looks um you know it's been a bit scrambly i think and um you know we're all good players we're capable of making plays and um you know we just got to settle down a little bit and get to our positions and um you know take our looks uh, also thoughts on uh person in net for you guys tonight yeah i don't think we give him um as much help as um, as we would have liked, obviously, I thought he was awesome again. Um, you know, he stands so tall for us back there. And, um, you know, obviously, uh, we got to give a little more effort in front of him to, to help him out because, you know, we know every night he's going to be um, giving it his all. One thing I noticed is the Gophers are really good at the sticks and the lanes, the shooting lanes. What do you guys need to do tomorrow to break through that, maybe get his feet moving a little bit on the goaltender too? Yeah, I think just making quicker decisions, um, playing a little more pace. Um, 
you know, obviously there's always going to be six in the ways uh, in the way, and um, you know, just find a way to get around those sticks. And just to follow up on what Slot said, is it a little different? Like, obviously you don't have the same people you played with all of them on the par play last year. Is it gonna, difficult maybe to get that chemistry right away, or is it just something like a work in progress? Yeah, I don't think it's anything to do with chemistry. Um, like I said, we're all good players and capable of making plays, and um, you know, it's just not clicking right now. But um, you know, I'm I'm confident that we'll uh, we'll get it clicking. The game, obviously, now tomorrow with the quick turnarounds. Uh, as a captain, what do you say to the guys in advance of tomorrow's game, too? Yeah, I think just sticking to what we know. Um, I think first and foremost is, um, you know, an early early start. we got to be on them right away, and, um, you know, we got to get the crowd into it right away and try and get that first one, obviously. Um, so, yeah, I think just coming out hard and, and heavy and um, doing what makes us successful is kind of going to be the message. And, um, you know, it's, it's an exciting opportunity. Obviously, we get to come back tomorrow and, um, try again. So, um, you know, we're just going to be excited to, to get here tomorrow night. Okay, Paul, you heard it from Reese Gaber. Um, kind of foreshadowing as to what happened Saturday well, night. You know, they turned the tables on them. You know, Minnesota only had 13 shots on goal in the last two periods, kind of the reverse of Friday night. Um, North Dakota scored first. You know, granted it was uh, early in the second period, but they still scored first. Um, and, you know, that just spurred the crowd on even more. And it was definitely a crazy, crazy atmosphere. And then when uh, Jake Livanovich scores early in the third period to go up 2 nothing, you're like, hmm, okay. Um... I don't know if that meant that the, the, the doors were going to get blown back in reverse, but um, I thought it was going to be a tough go for Minnesota, no matter how good they are, uh, because they weren't playing like they played the night before. Or North Dakota wasn't allowing them to. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, it, it was It was a... A real fun hockey game to watch because North Dakota rode um, the arrival of the Herkus Circus before the game to uh, to a little bit of extra energy, I think. Nice. And they didn't want to let Tony down. Um, if you're not familiar, Tony Herkus um, had what they call his final laps or his final shift, and he came out in full uniform, skated around the rink. Uh, yeah, skated around the rink. High five! The guys stood in the uh, in the line for the the uh, national anthem, and then skated to the locker room. and And you'll hear in a second what Brad Berry said about that. Then we'll get to uh, some comments about the game. But I thought Brad's comments about that were pretty good. So uh, hold on one second. Let me cue this up for us. Well, I mean, that was all part of it, right? Just like the carry each thing uh, against Wisconsin, not an accident last night or Saturday night. It was last night. I can't, I can't keep track. It was last night, yes. You know, again, Tony Herc is not, not an accident. No, and, and here's the thing. Um, that was done by Ralph Engelstead Arena. Um, uh, Mr. Hodgson is right. the one that, uh, that set that up. So here's Brad, just a couple minutes of his thoughts when I asked him a few questions. Nine seconds into the third period. Two goal lead, usually one of the toughest to keep in hockey. What was going through your med, your mind on the bench? Keep our foot on the gas. You know, I think one of the things you you can't you can't let off the gas against a good team like this. Um, you know, just pressuring the D, advancing pucks, doing all the things you talk about the coaches' cliches in a in a third period when you have a two goal lead of getting pucks deep and making them come two hundred feet and different things like that. You don't want to take away creativity or your team of trying to get the next goal, but you surely don't want to, you know, have a odd number of rushers coming back the other way and give them opportunities. Talk about the tradition and having Tony Herkus come back and skate a couple of laps uh, before the game. What does it mean to you guys? Uh, it meant a lot. I know the fans of the game, the thunderous ovation, ovation, and uh, I, I thought it was outstanding. And uh, again, Jody Hodgson and the staff at the Ralph to tri make a tribute for some of these alumni that come back is outstanding. Uh, I know he got a kick out of it. Uh, you know, normally you get here an hour before the game. I think he came maybe 90 minutes before the game, and uh, he was fired up and ready to go. But uh, I think it's a big part of our group of honoring those people and knowing that 
these guys helped build the tradition of our program here. Last week you told me you were already moving on from uh, the win over Wisconsin. Will this one stick with you a little bit longer or no? Uh, you know what? Uh, probably tonight and then tomorrow again we're moving. Um, you know, it's funny. We we have a thing here where you know, we do post, uh, post-game workouts. Uh, if we don't sweep, uh, if you, you get swept or you only win one game, and if you sweep, you have to do a... You have to do a workout. Uh, or if you sweep, you don't have to do a workout. And at the end of the day, said to the guys, the standard is a standard. Uh, we're going to get in the weight room. We're going to work out. And we'll take tomorrow off, and then we'll get back at it again. So, again, to answer your question, we're turning the page, and we're already moving forward here with this workout. So there you go, Brad Berry with uh, a few comments. Some telling things there, Paul. First of all, uh, Tony Herkus did make a difference. He felt it. The guys felt it. Uh, secondly is... Keeping your foot on the gas in that third period, he thought was the key. And thirdly, um, you know they have a standard, and if you don't sweep, you don't get to uh, take the night off in the weight room. Well, that's probably of all the things that that Bradbury said. That's the thing that that caught my ear the most. Um, yeah, it was, it was very nice to get a split against a team like. Uh, the one from uh, Minneapolis there. Um, but doesn't matter. If it's if it's not a sweep, let's go. That, that doesn't matter whether you're playing the uh, a top-ranked team or the lowest-ranked team. You got to do what you got to do. And everybody knows. And when you start letting that slip, that's when you start having problems. Yeah, totally agree with you. Well, as you alluded to earlier, um, one Jake Livanovich got uh, his first goal, a beauty. I just want to play this part of it. I posted it on on social media, so if you've seen it, I apologize. But uh, I want to post or play this for you because this is how it sounded uh, at the Ralph Engelstead Arena uh, when they announced the goal for Jake Livanovich. Gonna get the PA announcer, dude. Yeah, we're gonna get that too in a minute here. But well, um, you know, I just wanted to get that part of it in. Is the crowd is going crazy? Uh, I'll play that here in just a second. I gotta. Uh, that. I mean, that's. Uh, yeah, but this know. one, this one was really special <laughs> for uh, for North Dakota fans because it was that two goal lead, and it was fifty nine seconds into the third period, and you could feel it in the building. They were feeling that they were going to pull this off. So uh, before we go to the PA announcer, because i got to find that clip, uh, and I'm not sure where I put that clip, but I do have Jake speaking to me afterwards, and uh, we'll uh, let's get uh, that queued up right here. Can you talk a little bit about your comfort zone now that you've been three weeks into playing hockey here at North Dakota? Yeah, I mean, uh, the older guys do such a great job helping uh, the younger guys and everything. So it's uh, it's feels like I'm settling in pretty well, but the older guys have done such a great job for us. Growing up in Phoenix, what does it say to the kids down there that you can play at this level? Yeah, I mean, guys like Austin Matthews kind of started the whole hockey thing down in Arizona, and it's just amazing that, you know, hockey's growing down there and it's getting bigger, so it's uh, it's great to see. Catching up to Johnny yet in the goal-scoring category? <laughs> I probably have about, I think it's 68 or 69 more to go. So. <laughs> you got a few years, though, to get on them, right? Yeah, yeah. Hopefully I catch them, but probably not. Talk a little bit about your skating ability, because I've, I've known you for a long time and know how you'll work with Boris and, and all of that. So how is that starting to pay off for you now at the collegiate level? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously skating's a huge part of the game, and skating with Boris Orchanko down in Arizona my entire life. Um, it's been a great, great help to me, and, I mean, Hopefully it pays off in the long run. Mom and Dad up here again for this weekend? 
Yeah, they are. Yeah, they, uh, they actually have an apartment up here, so they got to stay the entire week. They're here for another week, so it's, uh, it's pretty special to see them. Congratulations on the first call. Thank you. Jake Livanovich uh, with the first goal, and uh, it's uh, it's pretty impressive when you see the size of this young man because he's not very big in stature, skates extremely well on a board store. His ankle's got a lot to do with that, and uh, just the way he handled himself at least through the first three weeks of, of the college hockey season, I thought it's been pretty impressive. Well, you know, anytime you're in that top six, at North Dakota, there is a lot of pressure and a lot of responsibility, especially as a freshman. Um, and, you know, these are some pretty high-packed, high-pressure games uh, very early in uh, his college career. And, you know, at least for now, that it doesn't seem like that the, uh, the, the, the spotlights has uh, affected his game too much. You know, he's plus for the season. Um, you know, and, you know, that's what you, that's all you can really ask for, especially from a freshman defenseman. Um, the team has not scored a lot of goals yet, but we expect that to change. Um, and, and, and we'll go from there. And, you know... You you know how it is, right? They're like yeah. the yep. the expectation is is not to make the tournament. Nope, it's to win the whole thing. Win the whole thing. Yep. Okay, one more clip, uh, quick cut here from uh, assistant captain Carson Albrecht as he talks a little bit about uh, the victory and what it meant to uh, the green and white. Just your thoughts on uh, the whole experience this weekend. It was uh, not the way you wanted it yesterday, and a lot better tonight. Yeah, uh, yeah. so like I said, I think we just had a chip on our shoulder, something to prove. Um, yesterday we played uh, good, about 13 minutes in the first there, so we, we knew we could do it. We just we didn't have the full 60, like I already said. Um, so it was kind of just a confidence thing. Um, come out today flying and just keep the pedal down. How's this locker room coming together right now? It's a lot of new guys, a lot of freshmen. Everybody seems to be making an impact. Yeah, yeah, everyone's yelling. I mean, today we had two freshmen score. Obviously, they stepped up huge. Um, yesterday, obviously, things didn't go go very well, and you know there were transfers, uh, captains, even freshmen uh, saying stuff in the locker room. It's huge to have that. Block shots were key again tonight. You guys seem to be in every lane, whether it be a passing lane or a shooting lane. Was that something you talked about uh, between these two games? Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, we take a huge passion with our culture here. And, um, you know, in the name, it's kind of just hard, heavy, um, just laying out for each other. Um, Zamolik, he took a huge one there and didn't finish the game. And that's just, that gets everyone going. And just huge props to that. It's awesome. Okay, so that's Carson Albrecht. Paul, your thoughts on uh, the assistant captain and the fact that uh, I don't have the cut on it, but um, Alex Heinert asked him after me. He said, uh, was this game a part of the reason why you decided to come back for your fifth year? And he said, you know, uh, I didn't even honestly look at it. He said it was more about wanting to play another year in the green and white, and it didn't really matter that we were going to play Minnesota here twice. You know, that's it. I mean, most of these guys are not going to play professional hockey. And, you know, depending on, and even some of them, depending on where they go play, um, it's almost, you know, disillusioning to go from playing in front of 12,000 every night to, you know, just a couple of thousand and in an almost empty building. Why would you not want to soak that up as much as you can? Yeah, totally agree with you, and that uh, that definitely um, was the case. As a uh, by the way, they played extru- What's that? By the way, you said totally agree about six times already. <laughs> well, what can I say? When you got something rolling, you got something rolling. Well, I mean, listen, I, I admit that I'm always right, but you know. <laughs> That makes me nervous that I agreed with you being always right. But anyway, um, 
yeah, I mean, that at North Dakota, it's special. And uh, I hadn't been there in a while for the past two weeks going back there and having a chance, as I said, to see Verge Foss, the longtime uh, writer, um, and uh, and just listen to Darren Looker, as I told you earlier. Uh, the best voice, the best PA voice. Um, and not only does he have a great voice, but he engages the fan base at every turn. And that's hard to do. It really is. It takes a skill. And uh, they feed off of him, and he feeds off of them. Well, it's all part of the presentation, right? Um, look, at, look, at, yeah. look, at, look at what happens in, in Vegas. Right? Yeah. The, the fans feed off the presentation. The, 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 it, it becomes a, a, a giant circle of, of, of interaction where you know it, it all affects you know we know we know it does affect things right because it gets the crowd into you know the presentation gets the crowd into it the crowd starts off that way um you have a good team so you feel confident that you're going to win a lot of games and, and you know you you want people to have a good time that's how you get people to come back yeah absolutely it is and that's uh exactly what darren looker does um, for North Dakota, they'll have one more uh, home series coming up um, before they hit the road, and that one against Minnesota State. It just doesn't get any easier, does it? And we talked about that earlier this year. That schedule that they have is unbelievable. Well, yeah, you have you had Wisconsin, the other maroon and gold team. You got Minnesota State next weekend, who you know is is as much as uh, anybody is you know, kind of hanging around and kind of still doing what they do. Um, and then they go play uh, at BU and at Duluth. So. <laughs> How's yeah. that for a fun, fun five-week stretch or whatever it is? It's crazy. Well, we know one thing. When they come out of that, if they're uh, above 500, they're going to be pretty solid in that pairwise rankings that we talked about. Oh, yeah, I mean. Yeah, you know, I mean, they're already at four and one. Oh, I'm sorry, three and one. I accidentally included the exhibition game. Oh, <laughs> shame on you. Yeah. Anyway, but um, yeah, no, I mean, you can't, you can't ask for a much better start uh, if you're in North Dakota than what you. Yep, totally agree with you. Okay, so let's do this. Let's take a quick break. Let's come back and uh, talk about these two teams that are 4-0-0 because if anybody had them on their bingo card to start the year, I want to see it. Well, we also got to talk about Denver. Yeah, who uh, who got a nice split on the road. We'll, we'll talk about them as well, and Air Force, and a comeback there. So we got all kinds of stuff to talk about. Let's, uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back to do that. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegras. And they score on the lacrosse move. Jake Gensel. Gensel banks it towards the goal. He scores. Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr. He scores. Stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Oh, my goodness Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or behindthemask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. After a hard day at work or a long week, what's better than good comfort food to put you at ease? At the Spaghetti Shack, we say the answer is comfort food that's made by somebody else. Spaghetti Shack has taken spaghetti and meatballs, the classic Italian comfort food, to a portable level. ASU alumni owned and operated the Spaghetti Shack has three locations at 6340 South Rural Road in Tempe, 
the ASU location at 922 East Apache Road and 952 West White Mountain Road in Pine Top. For lunch, dinner, or catering as well, call us at 480-687-2485 or order online at thespaghettishack.com. From the nation's best college hockey conference. Access exclusive on-demand content and watch more than 140 live games. Ready for you wherever you are, however you want to watch. On your phone, computer, or stream to your TV. Your favorite team is on nchc.tv. When you can't be there, be here. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. From the Summer Skate Studios, you're listening to ITHSW Podcast's College Hockey West Live. Indeed, it is College Hockey West Live. Scott Strandy with you tonight from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. If I'm a little disheveled, don't don't mind me. It was a long drive from Fargo to Sioux Falls and getting in here just in the nick of time. But my co-host, as always, has things stabilized right. out in that big, beautiful yeah. palatial estate where he can handle just about anything we throw at him. Uh, yeah. Okay. Big, beautiful place. <laughs> Paul Hornstein, uh, we're this we're just breezing through this hour like it's nobody's <sighs> business. So, uh, tell us about the Denver Pioneers. Well, they they played this weekend in a couple of four three games. Exact, you know, exactly kind of what you thought they would be uh, against two quality opponents in in Providence and Boston College. Um, you know, Providence got a couple of power play goals. Uh, in only 18 shots. So, you know, Denver played pretty solidly defensively. Um, but Providence is too good to keep going on a penalty kill against. Um, you know, and Providence actually managed to survive nine power plays by Denver. Um, yeah, I'm sure there'll be some power play work this week at uh, Magnus Arena. Yeah, I mean... This is not to knock the goaltending because I didn't think it was that bad, but um, you know these are just high-powered teams. And apparently, it helped Providence to uh, to get a split or to beat not a split, but to beat Denver because uh, they soared to the top of the pairwise. Well, yeah, well, you know it helps beat Denver. You know, <laughs> no doubt. Even uh, if they're at home. Even if they're at home, you know. Um, and then Denver turned the tables on BC and, and got them was, on Saturday night. That was a heck of a game too. I mean, I watched a lot of that game and and you know, that's a game that was back and forth um both on the ice and on the scoreboard. Okay. Um BC goes up one nothing, Denver ties it up. BC goes up 2 to 1. Denver ties it up. Denver goes up 3 to 2. Uh, midway through the third period on a Tristan Bras power play tally. Um, a couple of minutes later, BC ties it right back up on a Will Smith power play goal. And then, you know, Carter King scores the game winner uh, a, a couple of minutes later with two minutes to go in the third period. It was, it was, um, if this was the kind of game that if it was a tournament game, people be talking about it for a while. Yeah, no doubt. And that's exactly why Denver plays those types. They want to make it feel like a regional early in the year, get the guys accustomed to them to play two different places, two different teams, two different nights. And um, it works out well for them in the past. And uh, let's see what it does this year. So I will see the Denver Pioneers as they take on Augustana Friday night. 
Saturday night, I'll see that same Augustana team travel down to Colorado Springs and take on the Colorado College Tigers. So anyway, um, uh, we had two other teams playing up in Alaska. The Air Force Falcons found their way to Alaska, and I, I saw they did some sightseeing, too. They got to a base and saw some of their jets um, that maybe some of these guys would be flying in their uh, post, uh, post second, how do I say that? Uh, Post-college career? career? Yeah. Yeah, how about that? Uh, so that was kind of cool. Uh, those trips to Alaska are a lot of fun for teams, and um, it's even more fun if you score a shorthanded goal to uh, to win the game on Saturday night. Well, it was it was, you know, Air Force was definitely uh, a you know, they they weren't able to score. They had a lot of shots on Friday night. They just couldn't beat Jared Whale. Who we know is a pretty good goalie. Another one, goalie. Uh, another one in our coverage area of great goaltenders. You know, um, and then on 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 Saturday night, uh, I'm not gonna lie, three nothing Anchorage, and I'm like, okay. I mean, an Air Force had one shot in the first period. Yeah, that shots. was just that was not good. No, and ten shots through the the first two periods, and you're like, oh boy. I mean. There's just no way. Um, honestly, when uh, Helgeson scored to make it three nothing, I'm like, right, this game is over. That's Maximilian, by the way. You know, I'm like, wow, this game is 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 because the the way Air Force was playing, you didn't think there was a chance in the world. Um, but kudos to them; they got a Will Gavin power play goal late in the second, got a shorthanded goal early in the third. And and an even strength goal midway through the third period to tie the game up, and then win it on. I, I don't know what happened because I wasn't, I didn't see it, but uh, four on four overtime uh, to win the game and, and and complete a tremendous tremendous comeback by the Falcons. And uh, I guess shame on me for. I'm gonna tell Frank that because I will see Frank this week too. I'm sure you will. And I'm sure I'll never hear the end of it. <laughs> anyway, uh, the Falcons will get the undefeated uh, Tigers from Colorado College. The Colorado College Tigers will make their way over to the Air Force Academy on Friday night. Then I believe the Falcons will travel to Denver on Saturday night. So nice little round-robin type situation, if you will, uh, between like. Denver, uh, Air Force, Colorado College, and a Augustana, you know, which we like, you know, we're, we're down with that. Yeah. Know. So it'll be a fun weekend in Colorado. Okay. Um, I, I want to quickly touch about, uh, this team at, uh, Arizona state, because I told you at the beginning of the year, when I looked at them on paper, I said, they might have the deepest roster, certainly that coach powers has ever had, but they might have the deepest, most skilled roster, um, in the country. And I mean that I'm dead serious. You look at everybody's roster. There's some teams that have better players, but I don't know that they go that deep. And I'm talking four and a half, five lines deep. And that might really come into play. It's already come into play, but when the injury bug starts to hit, uh, if you've got that kind of depth, boy, that bodes well, Paul, right? Well, hopefully, you know, they, they, they that doesn't become, you know, the injuries don't become a problem, but, when you've got uh, a Ryan O'Reilly playing on your quote-unquote fourth line. Right. <laughs> um, you know, that's um, that's pretty darn good, and there's a lot of times where in the first four games where that's been their best line. How about the two Jacksons with Lucas Sillinger? Oh, my goodness. That line is like water bug history. Well, again, you know, the whole key and – the whole key to ASU's offense is, are they going to the net? Are they putting the puck on the net? Are they going to the net, crashing the net? When they do that, they are very, very hard to stop. It's when they start trying to play pretty hockey that they struggle. Yeah, the only way you play pretty hockey and, and do okay is if you're um, a guy by the name of McDavid. Um. Maybe Bedard. Soviets. Maybe Bedard's getting in that category. Calm down with Connor Bedard already. <laughs> I know he started off pretty well, but he's playing 90 minutes a game. 
He's one of the few people who can do that in a 60-minute game, by the way. You know, um, can we just, you know, let him earn being in the <laughs> Hall of Fame? Okay. Well, he's doing it. Anyway. But the, 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 <laughs> the, the fact of the matter is, um, I thought they played um, an unbelievably solid opening weekend against Merrimack. Um, even though they had trouble scoring on that first night. Um, and I thought this weekend, again, uh, with opening, you know, they, they, they took a 3-1 to one lead um, in, in the game on Friday night. Right. Um, actually got a power play goal, which obviously helped. Uh, Tyler Gratton got his first as, an, as a Sun Devil. Um, basically gave him some breathing room. Northern, you know, made it 3-2 later in the third period. All right. But, you know, ASU limited Northern Michigan's chances. Yeah, it was a good series. Uh, it, the, the first two series have been both very good for Arizona State, and Matthew Copperud breaks the uh, power play goal-scoring mark. Yep. Held by um, Johnny Walker at 25. He now has 26. What did you say if he played against Notre Dame, he would have done it in the first oh, year? He would have, if he had played against Notre <laughs> Dame, he would probably would have had 26 in the first year. <laughs> I think he scored 10 of those power play goals <laughs> of the 26 against Notre Dame. Um, uh, but ASU basically shut down Northern again. I mean, Northern had some chances uh, in the Saturday night game, but they only had 17 shots. Yeah, I hear you. Know, you. There were a few more, uh, you know, a few more chances that were a little bit more high danger. I mean, not crazy high danger. Not like uh, they were wide open in the slot and things of that nature. Um, but ASU, you know, Northern ties the game up about three minutes after ASU opens up the scoring, and then ASU goes to power play uh, two minutes later and, and scores, and it went from there. Um, you know, Dylan Jackson and Benji Eckerly got their first of the season. Charlie Shane got his first of the season, along with Copperwood getting his third, the one that broke the power play record. Um, TJ Semptonfelter doing his thing. Um, never doubt about that, you know. And uh, okay, we're we're running out of time. We got one quick one to talk about here because we got to talk about these Colorado College Tigers who are also four zero and zero. And uh, one Chris Mayotte, um, not a happy camper after uh, Saturday night's game. He he basically called his guys out and told them that, you know what, you can't play like this if you expect to win any more games. No disrespect to Long Island, but, man, you got to respect the game. I don't know how many times he said that in this conversation. you got to respect the game and play all 60 minutes, and that was the theme. Play all 60 minutes. It, it was across the board in NCAA hockey this year, but the Tigers, nonetheless— are 4-0-0, their best start under Chris Mayotte, their best start in a number of years, and uh, it has them one of two teams with four wins and no losses. Well, you know, you can only, you know, this definitely, and you have a chance, and, I mean, you go into next weekend and you are a better team on paper in both of those games against Air Force and Augustana. Um, you know, Air Force is a rivalry, so you, you never know. But I don't think Chris wants to hear your better team on paper, though. Well, I, I my point being is they have a chance to start the season at six and zero before they go to the home and home with Denver. Oh no, there's that cart before the horse again. I said they have a chance. <laughs> uh, I hear you. Okay, so it could be very interesting back to back weekends in the first two weeks of November for. Uh, for Denver, yeah, you could get a six and zero, a six and zero CC, and and possibly an eight and zero ASU in back to back weekends. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. I will be there to see both of those, all of those, all four of those games. <laughs> anyway, um, another great weekend of college hockey. We knew it was gonna be like this. It's just starting. It's not gonna let up. I'm. Uh, I'm content on the fact that we will be talking um, the Super 16 uh, every single week, and we'll get the uh, the key to it 
we'll get it tomorrow on uh, College Hockey Coast to Coast. Well, like I said, you, you could get your own 16 if you just want to, if you do what I did. <laughs> Grab the hat? Yeah. <laughs> you liar. You looked You looked, and you fought. I could hear you when you were talking to me today. You were struggling to get them in the right places. Um. Well, no hat pulling, no names out of hats. Yes, you were struggling to get them in the right place, and I thought you did an excellent job. So we'll reveal that tomorrow. All right, All right. take it away, my friend. From the NCHC.TV studios behind the mask, College Hockey West live on the Ice Time Hockey West.com network has been brought to you by Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos worldwide. It's where the action is in the resort or in town. Behind the mask, whether you use blades or wheels, whatever your hockey needs are. See our three valley locations or BehindTheMask.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, the best in barbecue Las Vegas style at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. By the NCHC and NCHC.TV. Subscribe to NCHC.TV and catch all of the action from the toughest conference in college hockey. Tag Creative Group. Search T. Grand Rudd on Redbubble.com and let us help you design that one-of-a-kind gift for you or someone special. College Hockey Inc., your NCAA hockey resource. Caesar Sportsbook app. Download the app where available, but please play responsibly. FedEx, simplify your business shipping with FedEx, the official package delivery company of Ice Time Hockey West. And by Liberty University, over 700 programs of study to help you impact your community on and off the ice, strengthen your faith at our state-of-the-art campus. See us at liberty.edu. College Hockey West Live, presented by Behind the Mask, is live every week on the Podbean app and available along with all of our weekly podcasts for download at your favorite podcast platform. Search ITSHW Podcasts, all one word. That's ITHSW Podcasts, all one word. To find any of our shows, subscribe, rate, and review the shows, or just tell a friend to help others find the podcast. Very well done, my friend. I will say a big thank you to everybody at St. Thomas um, for uh, all the hospitality there. And, of course, at the Ralph in Grand Forks where, where? they uh, roll out the red carpet every time you walk where? in that building. is fantastic. And remember, pick up your trash as you leave and keep Ralph's home clean. Anyway, uh, I just thought, Darren, I hope you like that. I uh, threw that one out there for you. Um, <laughs> also, uh, we look forward to uh, seeing Denver in action, or I do anyway, uh, and Augustana and Colorado College uh, this coming weekend in Denver as the uh, the season continues in NCAA hockey. In the meantime, Providence takes over that number one spot in the pairwise. Uh, yeah. Paul Ornstein still hanging his head just a little because for about, I don't know, two days, he was able to boast that Arizona State Sun Devils were the number one team in the country. On the pairwise, on the computer. <laughs> I love that computer. All right, we'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers, De Niro. Good night, everybody. Bye.